A career in science can be tricky to navigate. People may view science as simply a path to research or healthcare, but in reality, it's far more diverse. Here on Career Silights, we have conversations with industry professionals from any field that you can imagine, so that you can take your next steps in your science career with confidence. Joining us on Career Silence today to talk about their career in regulatory affairs is Alyssa Burroughs with a Master's of Science and a Science for Everyone researcher. Thank you for joining us today, Alyssa. Thank you so much for having me, Maddie. Can we get started here just asking what regulatory affairs are? Yeah, so regulatory affairs, um, you can either look at it from the government side or the industry side. Um, and so the government sets forth rules and regulations to keep the um, like all the healthcare products, so this could be drug devices, or it can be like actual prescriptions, or even sometimes um, natural health products safe for the consumer public. And then you have the industry side, which is how do we follow those rules when all our technologies and healthcare products are always adapting and changing. Um, so I actually worked as a co-op job um, for eight months in an industry role doing regulatory affairs. That's super exciting. Well, I can't wait to hear more about that. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit about your path into this role? Yeah, so I started, I did an undergraduate degree at McMaster University, and um, I went through this program that had a co-op opportunity. So co-op is a really great, uh, a really great opportunity because it lets you explore different pathways in a really low risk setting because you're only committing to it for four or eight months um, or a year or 16 months, depending on the program. Uh, so I did a program called biology and pharmacology and I got hired at AstraZeneca in the regulatory affairs role um, and in this specific role what I felt helped prepare me before that was that I worked as a pharmacy assistant on and off for about four years so that helped me prepare for like understanding a little bit more about how the patient care side worked um, and then yeah then I got to go into it from that and during my program studies we did we did things like what's a clinical trial and like how would this look like designed and what are the ethics of them um, yeah, a lot of it was on the job training, which I'm happy to expand more about as well. Absolutely. Um, how did your sort of undergraduate career build up to this? Did you start off in, in first year of university knowing exactly what you wanted or did that kind of come about later? Yeah, so I would say, um, no, I, I think I was, I was pretty interested in pharmacology just because I had done that in like high school, like as a pharmacy assistant, which is actually a pretty accessible way to get some ex pharmacy experience. Um, and I was always interested in biology, so I knew I'd probably go down the biological sciences pathway. Um, and then in, I think later on in first year, I met some people who were in this biopharm program, and I thought it sounded really cool, problem-based learning. I thought it'd be interesting to try co-op, and a lot of my other friends were planning to do co-op. So it was a good way to stick around at university in undergrad for five years. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a good opportunity to learn and explore um, a different avenue. I don't think I ever would have explored regulatory affairs if I hadn't done co-op. And on top of that, I always kind of thought I'd be more geared towards a wet lab and research. Um, so it was interesting to see um, more of a drier side, more technical in terms of writing and following rules and regulations. And yeah, so oh, yeah, that was that. <laughs> yeah, just for our uh, listeners who are unfamiliar with the difference between like a wet and a dry lab, um, to confirm with you, I guess a wet lab would be something that deals with sampling and, and bio. Yeah, that's exactly what I would describe it as is like, um, and regulatory affairs wasn't really like a research role, but I'm sure there's aspects of regulatory affairs that could be a research role. Um, and I did do some research projects with them. But um, 
yeah, a wet lab would be something where you're like, you know, sitting at a lab bench and you're pipetting. You might be dealing with biological samples and have to wear your like lab coat and your lab gloves. And a dry lab would be something where like you may be working with like computers or data that was collected in some way. That could be like survey data. It could be data collected from clinical studies or clinical health records that, you know, you're never getting your hands wet per se. Um, But also you should be wearing gloves, so depending (laughs) on the material. All right, so what is your work in regulatory affairs like? What do you kind of do, and uh, how do you find that your science degree has helped you in this field? Yeah, so um, when I was in the role, I kind of had a pretty consistent routine, I would say. I would, like, go in and check a certain product database. So I'd, um, I I, I would say, like, it involved, like, learning about a lot of product, like, a lot of databases. Um, that are publicly accessible. So now I have all those at my fingertips if I ever want to look up information. And it, my role specifically involved um, clinical trial applications. So every clinical trial that is run in Canada has to go through um, being reviewed by Health Canada, the clinical trials run by drug companies. So we would send our clinical trials off to Health Canada. They'd approve them. And there's a bunch of documentation that I had to get good at filling out, of course, with my supervisor's help and guidance. It was very detail-oriented. And from there, I also managed what's called the life cycle of clinical trials. So you have the clinical trials, something that's called uh, an amendment, uh, which someone kind of said it, something like, imagine if you got like a Facebook message or an Instagram message, you have to kind of respond to it. Like it's something that health, you need to tell Health Canada about and they have to respond to it and say like, okay, that's, that's okay, I approve that. So those were slightly bigger changes that could be a potential risk to patient health and management. And then there was what was called notifications, which was another aspect of the life cycle that I was managing, which those are kind of just like, if you got a like on Instagram, it's like, oh, okay, like, thanks for letting us know that you're doing this. Um, We got it. So yeah, those were kind of the main things I was doing. And um, the way at least the drug company that I was working at was divided up was into different therapeutic areas. So it was kind of cool, although I was like in one therapeutic area, sometimes I get work from another one. That kind of just allowed me to be like kind of flexible and like learn about a bunch of different drug products that were going on. But yeah, in terms of like how my science degree helped prepare me for it or where I was along my lines of my bachelor's um, was kind of like, yeah, those reading and writing skills, the like being detail oriented and critical and also that like problem solving ability of like, okay, like say I was working on something new, I would probably go look up with the resources that I knew about on online or in you know, the database that I had access to, and then propose a solution to my supervisor, or my manager, and then have them comment on that proposal or the ideas that I was having, and then taking their feedback and adjusting. So it's just kind of that like growth mindset, plus also the problem solving skill set that I think science really equips you with, because um, you probably won't remember everything you memorized for a test, but hopefully you'll remember the problem solving aspects of your degree. That's that's really interesting and very transferable too. There's a, a huge highlight I think on undergraduate research and uh, undergraduate studies in general, and taking more of the skills that you develop rather than the the hard knowledge, which is awesome. Yeah, and I still use the skills today in like graduate school and like commenting on like people's. Uh, I'm in clinical research, so like commenting on like, oh yeah, like this and that, and this is what you're allowed to do or not allowed to do. There's a lot of transferable skills that have come from that role, which is really exciting. What's been sort of your favorite part of this position? Oh, I think my favorite part was like getting to be a part of like a big team um, that was really good at collaborating. Um, I think it's really interesting because now I'm in academia and I'm kind of like, there's like, there's definitely pros and cons of both industry and academia, but I think industry really understands how to define everyone's role in a team 
and everyone's like job descriptions and then also how to kind of work together whereas I feel in academia there's a lot of unsaid rules and ways and sometimes I think the lack of clarity leads to more I don't know uncomfy feelings yeah it was fun to work as a big team um I also really liked got to go to like a conference once and that was super fun but yeah I liked being a part of a big team and like having really set goals as well and like really clear goals and objectives to reach um but yeah well, it sounds like it's a very diverse sort of career aspect as well. Yeah, and I I really scratched the surface of it too. There's so many other like I was just managing clinical trials, and there's so many other roles within the like regulatory affairs scope or quality assurance stuff. So, if you had any sort of advice for people who were maybe had multiple interests uh, but have a science degree, what would you tell them to do? Yeah, I would say if you're early on in your like science degree or career, um, to try to seek out internships or co-op opportunities where you're kind of you get to try out things in a low risk setting because you're only set on for a couple months or a year and yeah I guess like just try to explore but if you have other interests that you know you feel like you can't like mush into a career to try to get them on the side in some sort of extracurricular way um, that can also be really fulfilling as well Um, and just because you have a science degree doesn't mean that you're set on one career path as Maddie said at the beginning of the intro. No there's definitely a lot of flexibility especially coming out of Uh, coming out of science which is why we're doing a lot of the stuff with this show is introducing those sorts of avenues which is really exciting so you mentioned a couple of things like extracurriculars and uh, and internships is there anything that you did sort of along your way through undergrad or or even before or afterwards that you think particularly helped you yeah so um I've always kind of just engaged in extracurricular activities that I've been interested in Uh, I think that's my biggest advice to people is like do things that you want to do and not things that you think people want you to do or expect you to do. I find a lot in the health sciences, a lot of folks are really focused on, um, you know, I need to do X, Y, and Z to get into medical school. And it's like, oh, like maybe you should do like A and B that you actually like enjoy. And that will make you stand out and also build those transferable skills. And even during interviews, I find I pull a lot from like extracurricular activities or my um, summer camp role as like an outdoor educator or kind of a glorified camp counselor like I pull from those things because it's like those are the things that teach you a lot of interpersonal skills and no one's going to ask you to solve like a quadratic formula in an interview but they'll probably you know try to observe like oh like when was the time that you had a conflict or when was the time you had to like step up as a leader Um, and you really want to pull from those real life examples because that's when it feels genuine And yeah, in terms of like prior to undergrad, as I mentioned, I was a pharmacy assistant, which I think helped me understand like the background of it. But yeah, just pulling from any sort of experiences, like I think I pulled from a wet lab experience for something that they asked for in an interview. Yeah, it's just just pulling from different experiences that give you those soft skills, which aren't really that soft, but (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah, so to kind of summarize, it's less about what you did and more so what you learned from it and then what you can transfer from, from that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Very cool. Well, kind of as a, an ending question, being so early on in your career, looking forward, what are some things that you're hoping to maybe do or, or some goals that you're hoping to achieve later in your career? Yeah, so I, I guess I'm currently doing my master's and I'm hoping to finish up by the mid of next year. So that'll be really exciting. Um, I think some advice that I got in industry was, Unfortunately, you do usually need more training or more degrees to kind of move up in leadership if you're looking towards an industry role. So like having a master's degree would let you pursue higher roles. Having any doctoral degree, whether that's an MD or PhD or PharmD, would let you pursue like the highest level of leadership roles because those are the highest degrees. And uh, what I'm looking forward to is hopefully 
um, going into pharmacy school. I think um, working in industry gave me an interest. Pharmacists can also work in industry. Um, but I'm interested in like patient care um, from a pharmacy perspective. So I'm hoping to do that. But in terms of some advice for folks who might be more interested in regulatory affairs, um, there's a couple programs in Canada. They're kind of post bachelor's degree certificates. Um, and they're offered at a lot of colleges here, and they have a bunch of flexibility, whether it's online or in person. So like Seneca College, Humber College, Algonquin College, and Sheridan offer certificates in regulatory affairs, and some offer co-op and non-co-op versions. So I'd highly recommend a co-op version because those places are definitely going to put you in touch with the companies that you would probably want to work for or the areas that you want to work for or maybe the government. And yeah, they kind of like set you apart from other people. And it's relatively not too, too much more schooling. Um, so it's a bit of a lower investment. There's also um, two programs that I'm aware of. There's the Masters of Biotech program at U of T, or UTM, I should say. It's on the uh, Mississauga campus. And there's the McMaster's version, which is um, MBDC. Um, and those also help you kind of stand out. And also, because it's a master's degree, you can pursue a higher role within industry or within government. Um, and I'm sure there's even roles with regulatory affairs in like academia and other places, but um, mainly government and industry. Um, but two other programs that I'll plug to that I'm personally interested in hopefully maybe doing in the future, because you can never stop the learning train, is there's a, a Master's of Science Communication from the University of Edinburgh. And then there's also um, a Master's of SciComm from the uni uh, Laurentian University. So that's a Canadian version. So I can specifically put you towards like, how do we communicate science to the public and or other things? How do we engage people with science? Not so related to regulatory affairs, but if you're interested in science communication, those are some programs that I recently learned about and I hope to be able to do at some point in time in my um, journey. That sounds super exciting. So thank you for sharing all that information. I think finding programs and figuring out how to get from A to B is one of the hardest parts. Um, I mean, in my experience with undergraduate even, finding how to move on to the next step can be really confusing. So thank you for sharing all those programs. That's amazing. Of course. I feel like the best thing you mentioned, it's hard to figure out where to go from A to B. And um, yeah, just talking to people and listening to other people's stories. Because um, then you learn like, oh, what's the pros and cons of that pathway? And like, how could I get there potentially? Is there more than one route to that pathway? So uh, and there usually is. All right. Well, thanks so much, Alyssa. If our listeners want to know more about sort of regulatory affairs, where should they go? Oh, where should they go? Um, professional regulatory affairs at aaps.ca um, yeah so there's there's a website and a governing body for it um, there's also a magazine too but I never got the name of the magazine when it was at the company I just saw it sitting on the desk um, should have looked at it more but yeah there, you can just google like regulatory affairs in Canada you can you can find lots of information about it all right and thank you again for tuning in and remember to subscribe for more conversations uh, and some insightful answers to your questions about science impacting our world if you want to learn more about pharmacy or any other topics we've talked about in the show visit us on instagram or tiktok at science for everyone and our website at www.scienceforeveryone.ca career Silights is a podcast by science for everyone it is produced by june kim and maddie hobson and is edited by Ran goodman